1: Hey everybody, welcome to The Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns off-season edition. Lots to get to. Andy McNamara alongside Matt Florjancic from WKYC Sports in Cleveland. We are brought to you by Cleveland Whiskey, and you can listen along on Dogs by Nature, of course. Track us there on Twitter at AndyMC81 and at Matt Florjancic. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Been a little while. We did a, a pre-Super Bowl show, and then just kind of tracking everything that's been going on with the Browns. So have a, I'm back from my Disney vacation and everything. So we're we're ready to go. How are you?
2: I'm hanging in there, man. It's been a busy offseason. Uh, seems like every day something else is popping up, and, uh, and, and in a lot of cases, it's been pretty good. But there's been uh, there's been a couple of marks along the way that are like, "Well, this is going to go over real well." So yeah. you know, just typical offseason for the Browns this is my seventh full-time head coach Oof. in 11 plus years covering the team so yeah it's uh it's kind of commonplace I are kind of used to, do to it. with the uh, season where there's not a coaching hire
1: <laughs> yeah you're kind of used to it the good thing is we still have the quarterback position taken care of for this season we don't know As of going now. forward you know, right. <laughs> yeah. At least we're not hunting for a QB in the draft. That is that is a nice you know, if Matt, if you're in the business of tracking who's the best offensive lineman at the combine and, and scouting that your team is probably in decent shape from a talent perspective, at least from the quarterback position. That's where we're at. And that's that's a good thing. That's where I'm fe- who knows how Stefanski and the coaching staff is going to do. Who knows what talent is going to be retained, replaced, drafted, et cetera. But at least, if we're looking at at offensive tackles, I feel it, it feels like there is some hope compared in years past. Of course, where it's like, well, who's the quarterback? Yeah,
2: it's uh, a better feeling to go to the combine and not have to worry about the quarterbacks as much, although they still will be front and center and. You know, at the Combine, and everybody's interested in what Joe Burrow's going to oh, do. Man. I think that's the story of the yeah. offseason. Uh, if Burrow goes number one overall, which I imagine he would, is he going to demand a trade? Oh. Or is he going to be willing to risk it and sit out another year and try to get drafted by a better team next year? Because he's being advised by Jordan Palmer, who's over the played for the Bengals. I think Jordan did too for a while. And I mean Carson came out, ripped the Bengals and said they were never about winning. They never wanted to win the Super Bowl. Uh it was just about, you know, money to the to the Browns. And it's like, wow, that does a pretty big indictment there. And then you've got the number one quarterback prospect saying, Hey, you know, we uh uh, you know my my team and I we have uh, we have leverage in this and it's like oh boy this is going to get oh, real quick
1: wow well that you know what i i love joe burrow as a prospect and i wouldn't shed any tears if he did not go to the cincinnati bengals cuz man if we can avoid a guy who to me is the best pure talent quarterback coming up as sure a thing as you can be at this point since andrew luck in my opinion uh i and, and he can be out of division Yes, please, Browns fans. Let let's let's do our best. Let, let's do our our football prayers to the football gods to make that happen. Because if I don't have to see Joe Burrows for the next fifteen years, every, two times a year, I'll, I'll be pretty happy.
2: If you can avoid Joe Burrow twice a year, yeah, and knowing that you already have to deal with Lamar Jackson two times a year for now, and Ben Roethlisberger for at least another year or two, what or however long he decides to play, yeah. You'd be in pretty good shape.
1: (laughs) That would be all right. I would much rather look at Andy Dalton. I wonder, Matt, if they'll go the route that it's kind of fitting. Eli Manning retired, and it would be possibly a similar situation to when he was drafted in the Phil Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger draft in 2004, where the the Chargers said, we're drafting it. Eli said, don't draft me. Not going to play for you. And then the trade happened with New York, and to varying degrees, it worked out for both franchises. I wonder if we see that type of situation where maybe it's all right. uh, Bengals draft Burrow and another team drafts Tua or or whoever your your prospect of fancy is, and they swap. I don't know. It's hard
2: to get comparable value, though. Oh, totally. For Joe Burrow, I mean,
1: you'd have to throw in another first. You're talking about a
2: sure, yeah. You really would. Uh, You're talking about a sure a first rounder.
1: Yeah. As. there's been in a
2: long time. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, he's the consensus number one prospect. He, he's going to go number one overall. But if he's not willing to play for your franchise and he's going to be a malcontent from day one, oh. you're going to have to come up with another option. That leads to potentially to a tug of Iloa. Uh, then you've got who I don't um, like, Herbal, who was going to be a top five pick last year and decided to go back to Oregon because he didn't like any of the top five teams sticking. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's interesting. I would say Herbert would probably be more, most likely to be involved in some kind of deal mm-hmm. only because Tua's hip, we don't know how it is. And we'll find out a little bit at the combine, but still. yeah, Who knows how much he's recovered from that horrific injury.
1: Herbert's kind of that next level down, and we're going to break all these, these different prospects down. Of course, we'll focus on the Browns. Uh, Ones where we'll be looking at offensive tackles, of course, wide receiver. Gosh, the secondary, Matt. Let's get to that. T.J. Carey released part of a group of releases, including Demetrius Harris, tied in brought in by Dorsey. T.J. Carey is the one out of the group released, which freed up just over 13 million in cap space that I don't like because he played, I believe, every game, Matt. He played well. He was a backup and kind of a back-and-forth type of guy, but he was a really good depth spot and, and fill in and and could play and did create some turnovers. I don't like that when that secondary is razor thin right now, especially at safety and at cornerback depth.
2: Is it razor thin enough to be the number one need heading into the off season for the Browns? more so than tackle it, are, it, it, in your mind, do you think that's right? No, that it's more so than tackle? no
1: I, I I think it's offensive tackle is number one. I think I think left tackle. See, and and I then think, safety.
2: I, I think you need to sign a left tackle. You need to draft a right tackle yep. who could be a left tackle yep. and waiting. I'm with if you. you want. Invest in the offensive line. I want to do Marcy and what he was able to do, getting talent infused into the roster that I've been when he took over. But he forgot about the lines. <sighs> you, By the he kind of left the offensive lines be how they were. Um, and that wasn't exactly the best move for this franchise. Now the guys who come in after him have to rebuild the offensive line, or rebuild the offensive and the defensive line too. But uh, I still think that tackle is your number one need, and I would put safety right behind it. You're not going to get an elite safety uh, with your second round pick, or you're not likely to anyway. But you can get a solid starter and a contributor at that spot. And no you're going to need to
1: sign them in free agency too, Matt. Like like this is a multi—it's just like tackles. You're, it is a multi-purpose thing. And you're going to have to pay up for a safety. There's a, a couple Vikings who are tied to Stefanski that are going to be available. But you're going to have to pay up for a safety and you're going to have to pay up for a, a a tackle in free agency. That's That's where the big money is going to have to be spent. Listen to our Solo Acts mini-series now in the
0: VergeCast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.
2: And we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, that yeah. structure, that, that how they're going to spend the money, if they're going to spend the money. We don't know that because this is a completely new regime. They're going to sort be of. analytics-driven. Even though they said they were scout-centric, they're going to be analytics-driven. Uh, to a a very big degree, and we don't know what they can uh, conceive as being the number one need of this team. We think we know what it is, but those guys in that room, I'm not sure that they've settled on what their needs actually are.
1: Oh, boy. Well, Matt, here's the other thing, too, that gives me a little bit of hope that the offensive line might be addressed is in this previous analytics, the the first version led by Sashi Brown, they did spend, sink a lot of money into Kevin Zeitler at that guard position, made him the highest paid guard in football. So now you saw Joe Thomas at that time, of course, but you... At least it was addressed. Now, I don't know if that carries over. I don't know if that's the same mindset. Yeah, I don't know.
2: They gave Zeitler that huge contract because the year before they screwed up on Mitchell Schwartz. Yes, they did. Who, and who just they the know Super that. I mean, the guy was an all-decade performer at right tackle. Like, he's pretty good at football. And you had a contract on the table with him, and you said, hold on a second, we're not sure. And then they called the Chiefs, and now he's got a ring. So yep. you you throw me the tackle, you yep.
1: know. Four seasons later. Wow.
2: Great, great planning. Yeah. This is great.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, We're and still and, trying to uh,
2: plug holes from that first regime. Pretty well, and, and you
1: still have Chris Hubbard. Like now you have Chris Hubbard, who I'm fine. I would be totally fine letting go of. I wonder though, Matt. I've read some things that maybe he'd be better suited in a Stefanski style, which is kind of an offshoot of that Kyle Shanahan uh zone type because he's more athletic now this is going back to when we remember when kyle shanahan was the offensive coordinator with the browns when you weren't looking for necessarily power linemen who push forward you look for athletic linemen that can move horizontal and then go from there so i wonder maybe hubbard's a better look but he, he, he has not been impressive in his tenure with cleveland yeah
2: um I'll be interested to see how this system works out. I would think that they're going to give him first crack at competition unless they draft the guy number uh, in the first round at number 10. Um, then I could see that guy getting the opportunities ahead of Chris Hubbard. But, yeah, I mean, if they feel he's a good fit and they try to take advantage of his athleticism, maybe he does stick around.
1: The other need, Matt, of course, is going to be complimentary pass rusher for Miles Garrett, who hallelujah is is reinstated and brought back. And I think it's been talked about enough. The uh, Mason Rudolph comments. We can, uh, unless you got something significant to add there, we can skip by that. I think that's been talked about uh, to death. Um, I would
2: just say if I were on either side, Mason or miles, let it go. Whatever's been said, let it go. Move on with your career. It's not going to help you in any way, shape, form or fashion to keep talking about it. If you're miles, or to keep defending it and threatening legal action if you're Mason Rudolph. The NFL does not want that.
1: Yeah, they want that story to go away. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, Olivier Vernon, is, is a am shocked he wasn't in the first round of cuts with all that money being owned and the lack of production. I cannot see him back on the roster, Matt. Like There's got to be either a... And maybe, again, maybe we're in a both-case scenario where you have some sort of complimentary pass rusher and then try to get a value guy in the third round or below who's maybe just a, a one-dimensional, pin-your-ears-back, go get him type. Uh, but you got to address, compliment Miles Garrett because if you do and you have someone that other teams have to worry about, it helps, of course, take away double teams and will free up Garrett to be the beast that he can be. This
2: is where you miss a guy like Crazy Carl.
1: Carl oh, Bassett. Would have been yeah.
2: Would have been a nice addition to this roster last year, um, and he was off, you know, having good success. I believe
1: still with Tampa.
2: Um,
1: he he did, oh, he yeah, did okay. It, yeah.
2: They they need a complimentary rusher that isn't going to break the bank. Well, Vernon's on the tail. I think it's fair to say he's on the tail end of his career. Yeah, his he's best days are likely behind him. And you don't want to have to spend the kind of money that it's going to take to keep him, which I believe is somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen million
1: dollars. He'd be, wouldn't he be the most expensive player on the team, highest paid, uh, or right up there if he's not? Yeah,
2: I would. Uh, I think I'm so. impressed to think of anybody making more money because a lot of guys are on the rookie contract. Yeah, maybe, uh, I think it Od- is. Odell maybe. I think Odell and Jarvis Maybe are like Odell or Jarvis, but I thought they were in the 13th. That's range. what so I thought.
1: I thought they were 13, 14 ish. So like I, I, Matt, there's a way, like if they go to Olivier Vernon and say, like, look, man, you had a bad year. You're not going to be getting that type of coin on the open market. Take a reduced deal restructure that could always like if you get Olivier Vernon back at a reduced rate and you draft a pure pass rusher. I'd be okay with that because Olivier Vernon still has to be accounted for by defenses. I just don't know if he cares enough to do that and would just take his chances on the open market. That's If you have, if you give me that scenario, fine. I'm not interested in paying Olivier Vernon 15.5 mil for missing a bunch of games with injuries, and I think he had four sacks.
2: Yeah, I don't think they are either. I don't think there's a an analytics model that would support that, <laughs> that decision, not one iota.
1: No. No, but what there is something to support, Matt, is the delicious taste of Cleveland whiskey. How do you like that? That's a professional broadcasting twist right there, baby. How do you like that? Huh? Go get yourself some. All the segue, some. man. Right. Do it. <laughs> Clevelandwhiskey.com. I enjoyed last night. I had, Matt, you know what? Cleveland whiskey put out on Instagram, at Cleveland whiskey, and on Twitter, at Cleve whiskey. They put out a picture. They said they had an old-fashioned recipe. And I have my own little twist to it, so I, I made my own, but I just thought, you know what? That looks pretty good. So I was doing a little bit of research, and I made myself a delicious Cleveland whiskey old-fashioned hit the spot. But you can check out all the great flavors at clevelandwhiskey.com, locally downtown, or even if you're out of state or, or out of downtown Cleveland. Just go to clevelandwhiskey.com, Check out all where you can pick up the product. It's all over the place. Like there, there's if you're out in in Maine, if you're in uh, the Carolina, like there's all sorts of different spots and award-winning products. Just tremendous, tremendous, uh, people, recipes, and all that. Family-owned and, and driven and, and everything. So check them out, clevelandwhiskey.com. dot Um, well, Matt,
2: shout out to Rebecca. I yeah, to I love Rebecca. her. Last week I stopped
1: in at the gift shop to pick up
2: a gift for the baby. Girl his uh his birthday and uh had nice conversation with my deck and buddy I can tell you that your reputation precedes you because I didn't even mention your name. I just mentioned the fact that I had a friend from Canada who comes in every year and makes sure he gets two bottles to take home. And she instantly knew who I was because of you. So thank you.
1: I love it. No, Rebecca is awesome. absolutely love Rebecca. They do such good work there too. Now they, we, when we were in for training camp, uh, went on a, a nice tour of the facility and everything and they, they just make you feel like family. That's and you can feel it in the product too. So um I was hoping Matt maybe that was code for you're gonna you're gonna sneak across the border with a a bottle or two for me too, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, eh?
2: <laughs> I I've never really there,
1: right. I, I will do
2: my best to get up to to Canada in in the coming months to uh make sure that you have some Cleveland whiskey. I'm even trying to get there before the draft because I know that of all the things that happen in the NFL season, there are two things that you <laughs> love more than anything, and that's the countdown and the draft. Oh. And I know you're going to want to have a nice Cleveland whiskey-infused With... beverage in your hand during the draft.
1: You know that is right. Maybe even – I'll have you to check if there's a Buffalo one.
2: It's either, it's either going to be to celebrate or to bemoan the usage of analytics yeah. once again. Yes, exactly. That's exactly
1: <laughs> right. I'll have to see if maybe there's a Niagara Falls kind of border crossing uh, Cleveland Whiskey location there. Maybe zip down, zip down, check that out too. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, good stuff, buddy. Uh, so let's, we have today, it's going to be the introduction of the coordinators to the meet Joe Woods. Um, with the 49ers previously of course. Everybody has some sort of association with Kevin Stefanski which is good because then there's some familiarity and it goes towards once again Matt hoping everybody is on the same page. Um any thoughts in the corners Alex Van Pelt? You know, I I would assume with that higher, that means Kevin Stefanski's calling plays. Like Van Pelt's bingo, yep, right? <laughs> like like we're we're doing it again. Yep. Yeah. I uh I can't imagine I they're think, going to
2: be handed over like to Tampa. One hundred percent. I don't think Stefanski's giving up that play call. Wow. Here we go. Do, how would it work uh, for Shermer I think Ray. I think Joe Woods is a good hire. I think he's done a lot to build up the defensive staff yeah. and yeah. getting a, a defensive line coach out of San Francisco that had the success that they had. Um. Man, that, that was a coup for me. That was like, hey, man, we're finally going to get, get rolling here. This non-league season had 48 sacks and 39 of them came from the D line. Nice. And that's, you know, they talked an awful lot in recent years about having the strengths of this team be the offensive and defensive mm-hmm. line. Not the coaches know that on paper you would make the argument that, man, they, they're going to get the to the elite coaching that they need to be great uh, with Bill Callahan taking over the offensive line and Sam Woods helping to better uh, the defensive line along with the position coach. Um, yeah, it's I'm excited about the defense, and I'm excited about the offensive line and the running game.
1: As long as the proper additions I are made. Don't, personnel as long wise. as what? As long as the, as long as the proper personnel yeah. additions are made.
2: Yeah, that's the key though. Like they, coaches can only do so much. They can yeah. make average players decent, and they can make great players just a step better. Mm-hmm. But they actually have to have the talent yeah. first. Yeah. And if you're not, if you don't have the talent, then all of the great coaching in the world isn't going to amount to anything.
1: No. No, no, no. Matt, I do. I'm with you. I like the hire of Bill Callahan on the offensive line more so though, because he was interim head coach with Washington. He's been a head coach in the college level and as well at the NFL level in previous stops. So I think that could be a nice sounding board and guide for Stefanski, maybe something where it will help him not be overwhelmed. Because Matt, that's what we were hoping for with Freddie Kitchens, where you had Todd Munkin in to help alleviate that pressure, and he had some good coaches around him. But Freddie was just too damn stubborn to, to trust anybody and do anything with it. So if Stefanski can actually be what this whole regime has been pushing of in lock, step, harmony, and all that, and say, okay, hey, I'm going to let these guys, I'm going to let the support actually help me, and not like all those coaches of the past were like, no, 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 I have to grip on every single thing of power because otherwise I'm not going to look good, and then you ultimately fail. Then there is some hope. And I think Bill Callahan's a good a good option to do that if Stefanski allows him to be.
2: The only thing I would caution you on,
1: and I agree with your points, um, that too much
2: information can be a bad thing.
1: Analysis paralysis, man. And yep. I
2: think sometimes you, you have to take that information in, but also know your team, know your
1: systems,
2: mm-hmm. know what's going to and not going to work, and trust that. Too much... Too many meetings, too many mm-hmm. voices in the ear. Bad, bad things happen. Yep. and um, it's true. You know the fact that they they sort of acknowledge that those weekly meetings with the owner are going to have to happen. I'm not a fan of that. Like you want to meet with them on, you know, Wednesday night for an hour and just say, "Hey, how's the week going?" I'm fine. Monday is like one of your prime prep days. You're you're already sorted You're advanced on the next team. You're breaking down film. You're starting to formulate a game plan to figure out what's going to be successful, what's not going to be successful. Um, and then if the other part of it is true, where they have to submit game plans to the analytics department for approval, <sighs> boy, you talk about getting too much information. I mean, God, God they'll they'll be crippled when it comes to making decisions because they won't know what to do.
1: Well, Matt, wasn't that denied? Oh no, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But wasn't it denied by D. Podesta and Stefanski about the submitting of the, um, of the plays yeah, and all that? It
2: it is, but it is, or it has been denied. But I'm still, eh, hmm. I'm I'm a wait and see kind of guy on okay. this one. I okay. I, I, I want to see what these game plans actually look like.
1: Yeah, and look, if
2: the analytics department. Says- this team uh ten and six, 11 and five. I'm not gonna complain at let's all. Let's go. I'm yeah. just to sit back and enjoy the ride. Just let's get to the playoffs. Let's go. That's right. Um, I don't know. We'll ultimately see. I mean, that's the thing is we 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 can talk a lot, but we don't know anything yet, and we won't know anything for another seven months.
1: No. Yeah. And there's still Never so Oh
2: God. Before we know anything when the real bullets start to fly, as they like to say in the NFL.
1: Yeah. And there's still so much to go. There's the combine, which is starting up February 27th. We'll give you, we'll make sure we got some great uh, coverage on what the Browns should be looking at and off of the prospects. Um, Cause myself and, and you will be studying that very closely. Then the end, then there's free agency, then the drafts. there's so much more to come still. Uh, but this is the, this is the coaching staff on paper. Looks good. Last year's coaching staff looked good outside of maybe the head coach. So we'll have to wait and see. But we're, we're back to another unproven first-time guy. Stefanski maybe looks more of the part, Matt, but, uh, heck, you know, we've had, we've had rough around the edges. We've had full-time, uh, long-term, older, co- it, 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 nothing has, has worked. So I'm with you. I'm, I need to wait and see if it's going if, if to go and how it plays out. And it begins with getting the damn personnel. You go in with a crappy tackle an offensive line, sorry, not going to matter too much.
2: Yeah, I agree. They absolutely have to get – to be honest with you, I think they need two tackles. I think yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. I'm with you. I know Hubbard might get a chance to compete, but I'd like a younger kid in there uh, to be able to step in and, and left tackle. Ideally, you don't want to start a rookie unless it's freaking Joe Thomas 2.0. Um, but if you want to, I mean, shoot, they started a rookie – who had missed all the training camp, uh, who was an undrafted free agent, left tackle, and he played the first eight games of the year a couple of years ago. So, I mean, anything is possible. Matt, I just... uh, uh, I I would be more comfortable going up against an established left tackle in free agency.
1: Well, this this news just breaking via TMZ reports, Brown's left tackle Greg Robinson was arrested by Border Patrol for federal charge of possession of marijuana with the intent to distribute. Greg Robinson, I don't think you'll... Be back with the Browns. I didn't think you were going to be back anyway, but now really whew, uh, he going? fantastic.
2: Yep. He's, yeah. He's uh Well I gotta go write that story yeah. up, my friend. So on that note.
1: Yep, that just happened. So uh, you know, I don't think he's gonna be back anyway, but but there you go. Make sure you're following Matt on Twitter at Matt Floor and check out all his great work at WKYC.com slash sports. Myself at Andy MC81. Any questions, comments, whatever, your Browns thoughts, hit us up on Twitter. All right, buddy, go write the The Greg Robinson story. We'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good, Andy. All right, there he goes. An exasperated Matt Florjansk exits. You've been listening to the Dog Host, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns, brought to you by Cleveland Whiskey, and you're listening on Dogs by Nature.
0: Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This episode was supported by Reddit for Business. You want the right attention for your business, but you don't know where to get it. It should be a place where people actually take the time to engage with your ads, Why not try Reddit? They seem to have the whole engagement thing down pat. With over a 100,000 communities, Reddit users are some of the most active online. Meet your potential customers where they feel most at home, with 90% of users trusting Reddit to learn about new products and brands. Just go to redditforbusiness.com slash vox to learn more.